chapter eight of smoke blue by jack london this librivox recording is in the public domain the hanging of cultus george the way led steeply up through deep powdery snow that was unmarred by sled track or moccasin impression smoke in the lead pressed the fragile crystals down under his fat short snowshoes the task required lungs and muscle and he flung himself into it with all his strength behind on the surface he packed strained the string of six dogs the steam jets of their breathing attesting their labour and the loneliness of the temperature between the wheel dog and the sled toiled shorty his weight divided between the guiding gee pole and the hall for he was pulling with the dogs every half hour he and smoke exchanged places for the snowshoe work was even more arduous than that of the gee pole the whole outfit was fresh and strong it was merely hard work being efficiently done the breaking of a midwinter trail across a divide on this severe stretch ten miles a day they called a decent stint they kept in condition but each night crawled well tired into their sleeping furs this was their sixth day out from the lively camp of mookluk on the yukon in two days with the loaded sled they had covered the fifty miles of pack trail up moose creek then had come the struggle with the four feet of untouched snow that was really not snow but frost crystals so lacking in cohesion that when kicked it flew with the thin hissing of granulated sugar in three days they had wallowed thirty miles up minnow creek and across the series of low divides that separate the several creeks flowing south into siwash river and now they were breasting the big divide past the bald buttes where the way would lead them down porcupine creek to the middle reaches of milk river higher up milk river it was fairly rumoured were deposits of copper and this was their goal a hill of pure copper half a mile to the right and up the first creek after milk river issued from a deep gorge to flow across a heavily timbered stretch of bottom they would know it when they saw it one-eyed mccarthy had described it with sharp definiteness it was impossible to miss it unless mccarthy had lied smoke was in the lead and the small scattered spruce trees were becoming scarcer and smaller when he saw one dead and bone dry that stood in their path there was no need for speech his glance to shorty was acknowledged by a stentorian woe the dogs stood in the traces till they saw shorty begin to undo the sled's lashings and smoke attacked the dead spruce with an axe whereupon the animals dropped in the snow and curled into balls the bush of each tail curved to cover four padded feet and an ice-rimmed muzzle the men worked with the quickness of long practice gold pan coffee-pot and cooking-pail were soon thawing the heaped frost crystals into water smoke extracted a stick of beans from the sled already cooked with a generous admixture of cubes of fat pork and bacon the beans had been frozen into this portable immediacy he chopped off chunks with an axe as if it were so much firewood and put them into the frying-pan to thaw solidly frozen sourdough biscuits were likewise placed to thaw in twenty minutes from the time they halted the meal was ready to eat about forty below shorty mumbled through a mouthful of beans say i hope it don't get colder or warmer neither it's just right for trail breaking smoke did not answer his own mouthful of beans his jaws working he had chanced to glance at the lead dog lying half a dozen feet away that grey and frosty wolf was gazing at him with the infinite wistfulness and yearning that glimmers and hazes so often in the eyes of northland dogs 
smoke knew it well but never got over the unfathomable wonder of it as if to shake off the hypnotism he set down his plate and coffee cup and went to the sled and began opening the dried fish sack hey shorty expostulated what are your you doin breakin all law custom precedent and trail usage smoke replied i'm going to feed the dogs in the middle of the day just this once they've worked hard and that last pull to the top of the divide is before them besides bright there has been talking to me telling me all untellable things with those eyes of his shorty laughed sceptically go on and spoil em pretty soon you'll be manicuring their nails i'd recommend cold cream and electric massage it's great for sled dogs and sometimes a turkish bath does em fine i've never done it before smoke defended and i won't again but this once i'm going to it's just a whim i guess oh if it's a hunch go to it shorty's tones showed how immediately he had been mollified a man's always got to follow his hunches it isn't a hunch shorty bright just sort of got on my imagination for a couple of twists he told me more in one minute with those eyes of his than i could read in the books in a thousand years his eyes were a crawl with the secrets of life they were just squirming and wriggling there the trouble is i almost got them and then i didn't i'm no wiser than i was before but i was near them he paused and then added i can't tell you but that dog's eyes were just spilling over with cues to what life is and evolution and stardust and cosmic sap and all the rest everything boil down into simple american you got a hunch shorty insisted smoke finished tossing the dried salmon one to each dog and shook his head i tell you yes shorty argued smoke it's a sure hunch something's going to happen before the day is out you'll see and them dried fish'll have a barren you've got to show me said smoke no i ain't the day'll take care of itself and show you now listen to what i'm telling you i got a hunch myself out of your hunch i'll bet eleven ounces against three ornery toothpicks i'm right when i get a hunch i ain't a scared to ride it you bet the toothpicks and i'll bet the ounces smoke returned nope that'd be plain robbery i win i know a hunch when it tickles me before the day's out something'll happen and them fish'll have a meanin hell said smoke dismissing the discussion contemptuously and it'll be hell shorty came back and i'll take three more toothpicks with you on them same odds that it'll be sure enough hell done said smoke i win shorty exulted chicken feather toothpicks for mine an hour later they cleared the divide dipped down past the ball buttes through a sharp elbow canyon and took the steep open slope that dropped into porcupine creek shorty in the lead stopped abruptly and smoke woed the dogs beneath them coming up was a procession of humans scattered and draggled a quarter of a mile long they moved like it was a funeral shorty noted they've no dogs said smoke yep there's a couple of men pullin on a sled see that fellow fall down there's something in the matter shorty and there must be two hundred of them look at em stagger as if they was soused there goes another it's a whole tribe there are children there smoke i win shorty proclaimed a hunch is a hench and you can't beat it there she comes look at her surgin up like a lot of corpses the mass of indians at sight of the two men had raised a weird cry of joy and accelerated its pace they're sure tolerable woozy commented shorty see em fallin down in lumps and bunches look at the face of that first one smoke said it's starvation that's what the matter with them they've eaten their dogs what'll we do run for it and leave the sled and dogs smoke demanded reproachfully they'll sure eat us if we don't they look hungry enough for it hello oh skeezicks what's wrong with you don't look at that dog that way no cookin pot for him savvy the forerunners were arriving and crowding about them moaning and plaining in an unfamiliar jargon 
to smoke this picture was grotesque and horrible it was famine unmistakable their faces hollow-cheeked and skin-stretched were so many death's heads more and more arrived and crowded about until smoke and shorty were hemmed in by the wild crew their ragged garments of skin and fur were cut and slashed away and smoke knew the reason for it when he saw a wizened child on the squaw's back that sucked and chewed a strip of filthy fur another child he observed steadily masticating a leather thong keep off there keep back shorty yelled falling back on english after futile attempts with the little indian he did know bucks and squaws and children tottered and swayed on shaking legs and continued to surge in their mad eyes swimming with weakness and burning with ravenous desire a woman moaning staggered past shorty and fell with spread and grasping arms on the sled an old man followed her panting and gasping with trembling hands striving to cast off the sled lashings and get at the grub sacks beneath a young man with a naked knife tried to rush in but was flung back by smoke the whole mass pressed in upon them and the fight was on at first smoke and shorty shoved and thrust and threw back then they used the butt of the dog-whip and their fists on the food-mad crowd and all this against a background of moaning and wailing women and children here and there in a dozen places the sled lashings were cut men crawled in on their bellies regardless of a rain of kicks and blows and tried to drag out the grub these had to be picked up bodily and flung back and such was their weakness that they fell continually under the slightest pressures or shoves yet they made no attempt to injure the two men who defended the sled it was the utter weakness of the indians that saved smoke and shorty from being overborne in five minutes the wall of upstanding on struggling indians had been changed to heaps of fallen ones that moaned and gibbered in the snow and cried and snivelled as their staring swimming eyes focused on the grub that meant life to them and that brought the slaver to their lips and behind it all arose the wailing of the women and children shut up oh shut up shorty yelled thrusting his fingers into his ears and breathing heavily from his exertions oh you would would you was his cry as he lunged forward and kicked a knife from the hand of a man who bellying through the snow was trying to stab the lead dog in the throat this is terrible smoke muttered i'm all head up shorty replied returning from the rescue of bright i'm real sweaty and now what are ye we goin to do with this ambulance outfit smoke shook his head and then the problem was solved for him an indian crawled forward his one eye fixed on smoke instead of on the sled and in it smoke could see the struggle of sanity to assert itself shorty remembered having punched the other eye which was already swollen shut the indian raised himself on his elbow and spoke me carluke me good siwash me savvy boston man plenty me plenty hungry all people plenty hungry all people no savvy boston man me savvy me eat grub now all people eat grub now we buy em grub got em plenty go no got em grub summer salmon no come milk river winter caribou no come no grub me make em talk all people me tell em plenty boston man come yukon boston man have plenty grub boston man like em gold we take em gold go yukon boston man give em grub plenty gold me savvy boston man like em gold he began fumbling with wasted fingers at the drawstring of a pouch he took from his belt too much make em noise shorty broke in distractedly you tell em squaw you tell em papoose shut em up mouth carluke turned and addressed the wailing women other bucks listening raised their voices authoritatively and slowly the squaws stilled and quieted the children near to them carluke paused from fumbling the drawstring and held up his fingers many times him people make em die he said and smoke following the count knew that seventy-five of the tribe had starved to death me buy em grub carluke said 
as he got the pouch open and drew out a large chunk of heavy metal others were following his example and on every side appeared similar chunks shorty stared great gemini he cried copper raw red copper and they think it's gold him gold carluck assured them confidently his quick comprehension having caught the gist of shorty's exclamation and the poor devils banked everything on it smoke muttered look at it that chunk there weighs forty pounds they've got hundreds of pounds of it and they've carried it when they didn't have strength enough to drag themselves look here shorty we've got to feed them huh sounds easy but how about statistics you and me has a month's grub which is six meals times thirty which is one hundred and eighty meals here's two hundred indians with real full-grown appetites how the blazes can we give em one meal even there's the dog grub smoked answered a couple of hundred pounds of dried salmon ought to help out we've got to do it they've pinned their faith on the white man you know sure and we can't throw em down shorty agreed and we got two nasty jobs cut out for us each just about twice as nasty as the other one of us has got to make a run of it to mulkluck and raise a relief the other has to stay here and run the hospital and most likely be eaten don't let it slip your noodle that we've been six days getting here and travelling light and all played out it can't be made back in less than three days for a minute smoke pondered the miles of the way they had come visioning the miles in terms of time measured by his capacity for exertion i can get there to-morrow night he announced all right shorty acquiesced cheerfully and i'll stay and be eaten but i'm going to take one fish each for the dog smoke explained and one meal for myself and you'll sure need it if you make mukluk to-morrow night smoke through the medium of carluck stated the program make fires long fires plenty fires he concluded plenty boston man stop mukluk boston man much good boston man plenty grub five sleeps i come back plenty grub this man his name shorty very good friend of mine he stop here he big boss savvy carluck nodded and interpreted all grub stop here shorty he give em grub he boss savvy carluck interpreted and nods and guttural cries of agreement proceeded from the men smoke remained and managed until the full swing of the arrangement was under way those who were able crawled or staggered in the collecting of firewood long indian fires were built that accommodated all shorty aided by a dozen assistants with a short club handy for the wrapping of hungry knuckles plunged into the cooking the women devoted themselves to thawing snow in every utensil that could be mustered first a tiny piece of bacon was distributed all around and next a spoonful of sugar to cloy the edge of their razor appetites soon on a circle of fires drawn about shorty many pots of beans were boiling and he with a wrathful eye for what he called re niggers was frying and apportioning the thinnest of flapjacks me for the big cookin' was his farewell to smoke you just keep a hikin trot all the way there and run all the way back it'll take you to-day and to-morrow to get there and you can't be back inside of three days more to-morrow they'll eat the last of the dogfish and then there'll be nary a scrap for three days you gotta keep a comin smoke you gotta keep a comin though the sled was light loaded only with six dried salmon a couple of pounds of frozen beans and bacon and a sleeping robe smoke could not make speed instead of riding the sled and running the dogs he was compelled to plod at the gee-pole also a day of work had already been done and the freshness and spring had gone out of the dogs and himself the long arctic twilight was on when he cleared the divide and left the bald buttes behind down the slope better time was accomplished and often he was able to spring on the sled for short intervals and get an exhausting six-mile clip out of the animals darkness caught him and fooled him in a wide valley nameless creek here the creek wandered in broad horseshoe curves through the flats and here to save time he began short-cutting the flats instead of keeping to the creek bed 
and black dark found him back on the creek bed feeling for the trail after an hour of futile searching too wise to go farther astray he built a fire fed each dog half a fish and divided his own ration in half rolled in his robe ere quick sleep came he had solved the problem the last big flat he had shortcut was the one that occurred at the forks of the creek he had missed the trail by a mile he was now on the main stream and below where his and shorty's trail crossed the valley and climbed through a small feeder to the low divide on the other side at the first hint of daylight he got under way breakfastless and wallowed a mile upstream to pick up the trail and breakfastless man and dogs without a halt for eight hours held back transversely across the series of small creeks and low divides and down minnow creek by four in the afternoon with darkness fast set about him he emerged on the hard-packed running trail of moose creek fifty miles of it would end the journey he called a rest built a fire threw each dog its half salmon and thawed and ate his pound of beans then he sprang on the sled yelled mush and the dogs went out strongly against their breast bands hit her up you huskies he cried mush on hit her up for grub and no grub short of muckluck dig in you wolves dig in midnight had gone a quarter of an hour in the annie mine the main room was comfortably crowded while roaring stoves combined with lack of ventilation kept the big room unsanitarily warm the click of chips and the boisterous play at the craps table furnished a monotonous background of sound to the equally monotonous rumble of men's voices where they sat and stood about and talked in groups in twos and threes the gold weighers were busy at their scales for dust was the circulating medium and even a dollar drink of whiskey at the bar had to be paid for to the weighers the walls of the room were of tiered logs the bark still on and the chinking between the logs plainly visible was arctic moss through the open door that led to the dance-room came the rollicking strains of a virginia reel played by a piano and a fiddle the drawing of chinese lottery had just taken place and the luckiest player having cashed at the scales was drinking up his winnings with half a dozen cronies the faro and roulette tables were busy and quiet the draw-poker and stud-poker tables each with its circle of onlookers were equally quiet at another table a serious concentrated game of blackjack was on only from the craps table came noise as the man who played rolled the dice full sweep down the green amphitheatre of a table in pursuit of his elusive and long-delayed point ever he cried oh you joe cotton come a four come a joe little joe bring home the bacon joe joe you joe you cultus george a big strapping circle city indian leaned distantly and dourly against the log wall he was a civilized indian if living like a white man connotes civilization and he was sorely offended though the offence was of long standing for years he had done a white man's work had done it alongside of white men and often had done it better than they did he wore the same pants they wore the same hardy woollens and heavy shirts he sported as good as a watch as they parted his short hair on the side and ate the same food bacon beans and flour and yet he was denied their greatest diversion and reward namely whisky cultus george was a money-earner he had staked claims and bought the and sold claims he had been grub-staked and he had accorded grub-stakes just now he was a dog-musher and freighter charging twenty-eight cents a pound for the winter haul from sixty mile to muckluck and for bacon thirty-three cents as was the custom his poke was fat with dust he had the price of many drinks yet no bartender would serve him whisky the hottest swiftest completest gratifier of civilization was not for him only by subterranean and cowardly and expensive ways could he get a drink and he resented this invidious distinction as he had resented it for years deeply and he was especially thirsty and resentful this night while the white men he had so sedulously emulated he hated more bitterly than ever before 
the white men would graciously permit him to lose his gold across their gaming-tables but for neither love nor money could he obtain a drink across their bars wherefore he was very sober and very logical and logically sullen the virginia reel in the dance-room wound to a wild close that interfered not with the three camp drunkards who snored under the piano all couples promenade to the bar was the caller's last cry as the music stopped and the couples were so promenading through the wide doorway into the main room the men in furs and moccasins the women in soft fluffy dresses silk stockings and dancing slippers when the double storm doors were thrust open and smoke blue staggered wearily in eyes centred on him and silence began to fall he tried to speak pulled off his mittens which fell dangling from their cords and clawed at the frozen moisture of his breath which had formed in fifty miles of running he halted irresolutely then went over and leaned his elbow on the end of the bar only the man at the craps table without turning his head continued to roll the dice and to cry oh you joe come on you joe the gamekeeper's gaze fixed on smoke caught the player's attention and he too with suspended dice turned and looked what's up smoke matson the owner of the annie mine demanded with a last effort smoke clawed his mouth free i got some dogs out there dead beat he said huskily somebody go and take care of them and i'll tell you what's the matter in a dozen brief sentences he outlined the situation the craps player his money still lying on the table and his slippery joe cotton still uncaptured had come over to smoke and was now the first to speak we got to do something that's straight but what you've had time to think what's your plan spit it out sure smoke assented here's what i've been thinking we've got to hustle light sleds on the jump say a hundred pounds of grub on each sled the driver's outfit and dog grub will fetch it up fifty more but they can make time say we start five of these sleds pronto best running teams best mushers and trail eaters on the soft trail the sleds can take the lead turn about they've got to start at once at the best by the time they can get there all those indians won't have had a scrap to eat for three days and then as soon as we've got those sleds off we'll have to follow up with heavy sleds figure it out yourself two pounds a day is the very least we can decently keep those indians travelling on that's four hundred pounds a day and with the old people and the children five days is the quickest time we can bring them into mukluk now what are you going to do take up a collection to buy all the grub said the craps player i'll stand for the grub smoke began impatiently nope the other interrupted this ain't your treat we're all in fetch a wash basin somebody it won't take a minute and here's a starter he pulled a heavy gold sack from his pocket untied the mouth and poured a stream of coarse dust and nuggets into the basin the man beside him caught his hand up with a jerk and an oath elevating the mouth of the sack so as to stop the run of the dust to a casual eye six or eight ounces had already run into the basin don't be a hog cried the second man you ain't the only one with a poke give me a chance at it huh sneered the craft's player you'd think it was a stampede you're so gosh dang eager about it men crowded and jostled for the opportunity to contribute and when they were satisfied smoke hefted the heavy basin with both hands and grinned it will keep the whole tribe in grub for the rest of the winter he said now for the dogs five light teams that have some run in them a dozen teams were volunteered in the camp as a committee of the whole bickered and debated accepted and rejected huh your dray horses long bill haskell was told they can pull he bristled with hurt pride they sure can he was assured but they can't make time for sour apples they've got theirs cut out for them bringing up the heavy loads as fast as a team was selected its owner with half a dozen aides departed to harness up and get ready one team was rejected because it had come in tired that afternoon one owner contributed to his team but apologetically exposed a bandaged ankle that prevented him from driving it 
this team smoke took overriding the objection of the crowd that he was played out long bill haskell pointed out that while fat olson's team was crackerjack fat olson himself was an elephant fat olson's two hundred and forty pounds of hardiness was indignant tears of anger came into his eyes and his scandinavian explosions could not be stopped until he was given a place in the heavy division the craps player jumping at the chance to take out olson's light team five teams were accepted and were being harnessed and loaded but only four drivers had satisfied the committee of the whole there's cultus george someone cried he's a trail eater and he's fresh and rested all eyes turned upon the indian but his face was expressionless and he said nothing you'll take a team smoke said to him still the big indian made no answer as with an electric thrill it ran through all of them that something untoward was impending a restless shifting of the group took place forming a circle in which smoke and cultus george faced each other and smoke realized that by common consent he had been made the representative of his fellows in what was taking place and what was to take place also he was angered it was beyond him that any human creature a witness to the scramble of volunteers should hang back for another thing in what followed smoke did not have cultus george's point of view did not dream that the indian held back for any reason save the selfish mercenary one of course you will take a team smoke said how much cultus george asked a snarl spontaneous in general grated in the throats and twisted the mouths of the miners at the same moment with clenched fists or fingers crooked to grip they pressed in on the offender wait a bit boys smoke cried maybe he doesn't understand let me explain it to him look here george don't you see nobody is charging anything they're giving everything to save two hundred indians from starving to death he paused to let it sink home how much said cultus george wait you fellows now listen george we don't want you to make any mistake these starving people are your kind of people they're another tribe but they're indians just the same now you've seen what the white men are doing coughing up their dust giving their dogs and sleds falling over one another to hit the trail only the best men can go with the first sleds look at fat olson there he was ready to fight because they wouldn't let him go you ought to be mighty proud because all men think you are a number one musher it isn't a case of how much but how quick how much said cultus george kill him bust his head tar and feathers were several of the cries in the wild medley that went up the spirit of philanthropy and good fellowship changed to brute savagery on the instant in the storm centre cultus george stood imperturbable while smoke thrust back the fiercest and shouted wait who's running this the clamour died away fetch a rope he added quietly cultus george shrugged his shoulders his face twisting tensely in a sullen and incredulous grin he knew this white man breed he had toiled on trail with it and eaten its flour and bacon and beans too long not to know it it was a law-abiding breed he knew that thoroughly it always punished the man who broke the law but he had broken no law he knew its law he had lived up to it he had neither murdered stolen nor lied there was nothing in the white man's law against charging a price and driving a bargain they all charged a price and drove bargains he was doing nothing more than that and it was the thing they had taught him besides if he wasn't good enough to drink with them then he was not good enough to be charitable with them nor to join them in any other of their foolish diversions neither smoke nor any man there glimpsed what lay in cultus george's brain behind his attitude and prompting his attitude though they did not know it they were as beclouded as he in the matter of mutual understanding to them he was a selfish brute to him they were selfish brutes when the rope was brought long bill haskell fat olson and the craps player with much awkwardness and angry haste got the slip-noose around the indian's neck and threw the rope over a rafter at the other end of the dangling thing a dozen men tailed on ready to hoist away nor had cultus george resisted he knew it for what it was bluff 
the whites were strong on bluff was not draw poker their favorite game did they not buy and sell and make all bargains with bluff yes he had seen a white man do business with a look on his face of four aces in his hand a busted straight wait smoke com commanded tie his hands we don't want him climbing more bluff called this george decided and passively permitted his hands to be tied behind his back now it's your last chance george said smoke will you take out the team how much said cultus george astounded at himself that he should be able to do such a thing and at the same time angered by the colossal selfishness of the indian smoke gave the signal nor was cultus george any less astounded when he felt the noose tighten with a jerk and swing him off the floor he stolidly broke on the instant on his face in quick succession appeared surprise dismay and pain smoke watched anxiously having never been hanged himself he felt a tyro at the business the body struggled convulsively the tied hands strove to burst the bonds and from the throat came unpleasant noises of strangulation suddenly smoke held up his hand slack away he ordered grumbling at the shortness of the punishment the men on the rope lowered cultus george to the floor his eyes were bulging and he was tottery on his feet swaying from side to side and still making a fight with his hands smoke divined what was the matter thrust violent fingers between the rope and the neck and brought the noose slack with a jerk with a great heave of the chest cultus george got his first breath will you take that team out smoke demanded cultus george did not answer he was too busy breathing oh we white men are hogs smoke filled in the interval resentful himself at the part he was compelled to play we'd sell our souls for gold and all that but once in a while we forget about it and turn loose and do something without a thought of how much there is in it and when we do that cultus george watch out what we want to know now is are you going to take out that team cultus george debated with himself he was no coward perhaps this was the extent of their bluff and if he gave in now he was a fool and while he debated smoke suffered from secret worry lest this stubborn aborigine would persist in being hanged how much said cultus george smoke started to raise his hand for the signal me go cultus george said very quickly before the rope could tighten and when that rescue expedition found me shorty told it in the annie mine that ornery cultus george was the first in beaten smoke sled by three hours and don't you forget it smoke comes in second at that just the same it was about time when i heard cultus george yelling at his dogs from the top of the divide for those blamed siwashes had ate my moccasins my mitts the leather laces my knife sheath and some of em was beginning to look mighty hungry at me me bein better nourished you see and smoke he was near dead he hustled around a while helping to start a meal for them two hundred sufferin siwashes and then he fell asleep settin on his haunches thinkin he was feedin snow into a thawin pail i fixed him my bed and dang me if i didn't have to help him into it he was that give out sure i win the toothpicks didn't them dogs just naturally need the sick salmon smoke fed em at the noonin end of chapter eight